Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Okay, everyone, it's time again. Another Blue White Breakdown podcast. We are in April, Dave Jones. We've made it to April. The blue-white game's only a couple weeks away, and then it's just hopefully smooth sailing, relatively smooth sailing to the middle of summer or early August. And uh, it's starting to get warm around again, hopefully. How are you doing? That'll be the season of column writing, making shit up. Oh, making crap up. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's where your PTO comes in, too. You got to just... That's right. That's right. That's right. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. That's where... Uh some of the, the experiences you've, you've had over the years, it's going to come in handy. I would may, maybe block off all of July or, cl- or close to it. That's always good. Well, reconnecting with old uh, Penn State football players and, and, you know, the older they get, the more the, the vault opens up. There's some of the stories they tell. And I was just... <laughs> they probably genuinely just like talking football. You know what I mean? With you about the team, how things going, what's it like up there? There's stuff, there's stuff that I want to get told that we've all talked about, but I can't speak about publicly until one of them does it. But it's some of these stories are 20 and 25 and 30 years old. And at some point, they just say, I'll screw it. You know, I'll just I'll just tell you because it really doesn't matter anymore. You know, maybe you'll get to you'll get to the mystery of the Riverwalk 1999. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. If anyone can, it's going to be you. I doubt that will ever come open because the, the principal, I don't think he ever wants that out. But when you said 20, 25 years ago, I just immediately zeroed in on that. No, man, that's one of them. That's definitely one of them. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I doubt that will ever come to fruition. Yeah. Shafi Fields was the first guy that clued, clued me into maybe something was happening other than what we were being told. But we're just going to piss off people by suggesting things we can't talk about. So, Dave, you and I last week, we were kind of having a discussion between ourselves about Mike Yersich, Penn State's offensive coordinator, in year two. How did year one really go? How bad really was it? Is he really kind of maybe a little bit on the spot and should he not be on the spot? So we're going to deal a lot with that. I asked some of our tech subscribers, uh, Penn Live tech subscribers, what did you think about his first year? And if you could name two or three things he needs to fix this spring or this August, what would they be? And before we get to those, let's go go back last week, because I was not there, but you were. And Audrey Snyder tweeted this out because I wouldn't have known otherwise. I've been preoccupied with the NCAA tournament and been in Pittsburgh and been in Philadelphia covering it. And um, I only heard this in passing because I guess, what, what was it, last week? You guys were up there, and Audrey asked him a, a question that related back to the running game last year, and his response was brusque. Would you? Would, is that the, how you would term it? You were there, so you tell yeah, me. Yeah, that, that is true, Dave. But one of the reasons why some reporters want to keep trying to ask him that is there was last, last December they had a Zoom call with Mike, and 
it was the moderators who were probably sports information people. It was it was set strictly at 20 minutes. And, he, you know, usually there's, you know, 20 people that want to ask him a question. So very, very late is what I was told. I was I was unavailable, but I've heard this from a couple people. Somebody asked him a question with like a minute to go on his availability. And I think it was about the running game and what went wrong. And he went into this answer about details and how much it kind of really he agreed with, hey, man, it just wasn't good. And and then all of a sudden the moderator goes, hey, time's up. Sorry, he's got to go. He was like a <laughs> mid-answer. There's, there's some people out there that think they can get him to really kind of spill it about just how bad it was and how miserable he was. But he's not buying it. I think, I think maybe he's figured out that, uh, you know, any questions about the 2021 offense in the running game are going to do him no good. So he was brusque. Uh, I think he used the word, the phrase, not pertinent to what he's trying to do this year, which I think is completely uh, inaccurate. But he just does not want to really, he just wants to move forward. He does, he did talk about the fact that, hey, Coach Franklin's right. We got to commit to it. We got to be a lot better. We're going to be a lot better. I'm aware of it. I think it's fair. And that's where we're at. But yes, he was definitely not, he does not want to talk about 2021. Well, we think it is pertinent. Don't we? It is. And we're yes, not looking forward. We're looking back. Yeah. 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 Dave, I mean, I know you got a, you you got some numbers for us, but 3.2 yards per carry, no 100-yard rushers. They didn't score. The offense did not score 30 points in any Big Ten game or uh, against Auburn and maybe somebody else. But, I mean, they, they just couldn't get – I don't think they could ever get to 30 on their own. That's incredible. I've just been going over uh, uh, Brett Ciancia, our buddy with Pick Six Previews, is up for the uh, Ed uh, Ashloff Award uh, from the, the young reporter from ESPN who died, who was very beloved. To I did not know him, but a lot of people did. And he every year about this time, he's kind of like Phil Steele. He's like a young Phil Steele. He's going through his game grader analysis, is what it's called, which does it's kind of like Ken Palm with college basketball in that it grades each factor, each section of an offense or defense kind of per play uh, in that Ken Palm does that per possession in basketball. And it's very interesting. And red is bad. It is color coding. System, is it not? <laughs> Let's see if this shows up. Do I have it right? Yeah. For the, for the people who are just listening on via, just listening to the podcast and not listening to the video, uh, red is you do not want a red grade for any key offensive category, and there's about seven or eight in a row meaningful offensive categories. At Penn State's ranked like it's like 118, 117, 112, 118, 97, 98, 90, and it's out of like 125. Those are out of 130 nationally. <laughs> so, so I mean, the rushing stats in the middle are the most illustrative. I think 118. In uh, in overall rushing uh, offense, and these are graded against the competition, also not just per play, but but against the competition. And I mean, it's it's bad, man. I mean, I I forgot how bad it was. That's the whole point. I had forgotten exactly how bad uh, these stats were. It's not like we've been nasty and abrupt with this guy, right? And I know I'm this guy in him a lot, but. He was only probably made available to talk maybe three, four, five times from from media day in August through the end of the season. He talked he talked right before the bowl game. He talked at media day in August. I think he was on a conference call or two in season, and he talked 
before the bowl game on the Zoom call that I'm referencing. But it's a handful of times maybe, Dave, that that the beat had a chance to talk to him. So, of course, we're going to reference last season. And, and the, the next next this coming season hasn't been played yet. Why wouldn't we reference last season to as, as far as and, – and how did Audrey phrase her question about last year's running game? I'm just trying to – it was it was really – it was not in any means uh, did I think it was inflammable. He, she referenced the fact that, hey, Frank, Coach Franklin's talked about we got to commit to this running game. We can't give up on it for half of a game, and we just need to be better, we, and we, we need to do all of that. And she kept trying to – she kept trying to reference that, and I think she might have mentioned three point two, but he just he was not having it. He just wasn't having it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's awfully um, brusque is the word, and, and kind of tone deaf. Don't you have to be at this point, kind of? I don't. I'm. I'm not saying apologetic, but you you have to be amen, amenable, uh, cordial with questions about this because you haven't actually performed very well, have you? But I mean, if you answer it in a different way, Dave, this, I'm not saying the story goes away, but it doesn't it doesn't we're, we're not having this conversation right now. If he would have just said, yeah, you know, this was this was really just a very this I need to do better. I need to coach better. It was a disappointing year. It start the buck stops with me. Uh, and he didn't say any of that. He said it wasn't pertinent to 2022. Let's analyze a little closer just how bad it was, because this is. It, it's arguably the worst running attack in Penn State football history, is it not? It's pretty bad, dude. Pretty bad. The rushing offense was ranked 118 out of 130 nationally with 108 yards per game. Brett has a, a very unusual stat that's called offensive line run push. And what he does is because sometimes explosive plays, if you have a number of them, really blow up the number. In Penn State's case, they didn't really. But what he does is takes away any running play of over 10 yards and then does a little tweaking and divides it that. So so it's basically a, an early down run play uh, measure. In that, they were one, 112, uh, 2.9 average, ranked 112. Uh, explosive rushing plays, ranked 118 out of 130 with 3.7 per game. I mean, it's across the board, and that really was the framework of their offense because they didn't have anything to work with. Uh, The passing offense was actually pretty good at 269 yards per game, which was 26th in the country. Uh, Yards per attempt, not so great. That was with Jahan Dotson, so yeah. Explosive passing is kind of right smack in the middle of the country, ranked 66, with 7.3 per game. TD interception ratio, not bad, ranked 52nd out of 130 at 2.5. Quarterback rating, not great, but not horrible at 76, uh, which for for Big Ten quarterbacks, you know, that's that's not that bad. Uh, so, so really, the, the the problem with their production was the running game, and just terrific. And if you look at the defense, you really look and you see how Brent Pry's defense really carried the team. This was an underrated defense, if anything. The seventh, they were the seventh best scoring defense, but in points per play, they were even better, which was point twenty three. That was ranked fourth in the nation. Yards per play ranked ninth in the nation at 4.8. That defense 
supported that offense almost to the extent of, you remember the 4 one of the very first uh, teams you covered? Uh, I was talking about that, that team with Brett. Brett went to Boston College, so he knows all about Steve Adazio, and I went through the whole story about the Indiana game, the Indi- end of the Indiana game where Adazio and, and, and Jerry DiNardo's next to last team as head coach were in the stack high. And that, that was the Penn State defense that, despite that wretched offense, which was historically bad, it was the worst offense in the Big Ten in seven years. And still, that Penn State defense with, with the young Connor, the young Pazluzny, who else was on that defense? Uh, Tom Bahali was a young defensive end. They, they never allowed more than 21 points a game, even with that offense. This defense last year with this offense, not quite that great, but comparable. Comparable considering the age of college football that we're in now. We're a lot more scoring. Almost in the ballpark. It's almost worth a column, which I might write, actually. Dave, here is the quote. Mike Yurcich asked about the 2021 running game and what must change this year. If I go back to last year, I think it's a distraction, and I don't think it really is pertinent. Our mission is to improve this spring, and that's our goal, and that's what we're going to do this spring. Yeah, well, that's bullshit. You know, that's <laughs> that's that's a that's just a – he can't get chippy after this ordinary performance, can he, really? I don't even think it was ordinary. I think it was way worse than ordinary. I mean, it was that – defense, that defense bailed them out. So many they should have lost eight games, Dave, because they, I mean they should they just should have lost more and they wasted a really, really great defensive effort. The Illinois game was probably the, the nadir of the entire thing. And never improvised, never never adapted to that crazy Illinois uh, stack defense, that sellout defense. Uh and, and the same thing with the the Illinois offense where they had nine offensive linemen. <laughs> Was it ten? Was it ten offensive linemen? Was it? I, I can't remember. Yeah. Well, all you need to know, Dave, is Chase Brown now holds the Beaver Stadium rushing record for opponents because of that performance. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that Penn State could only score. What was that? The, the final of that game, nineteen. What? Uh, it was ten ten, I think, after intermission, and I think it was nineteen seventeen or some something crazy. Yeah, that they can only score ten points. Their offense basically in regulation play against that Illinois defense. That's what we're dealing with here. That is what we're dealing with. If you're going to get chippy about questions about that, how long can he live off of Mason Rudolph? That's what I want to know. Here's the other thing. When he was at Ohio State, Dave, was he calling the plays or was Ryan Day calling the plays? Yeah, Ryan Day was calling the plays. Yeah. So, I mean, they got to the national semifinals, but, uh, you know, they had all that talent. But who was, who was, who was orchestrating that talent? You could call the plays with that talent. That's the whole point. Here's a situation where he needs to come up with something. It's hard when you're a first-year coordinator any place. Uh, you're trying to get to know the personnel. point is we gave him the benefit of the doubt almost all season. Did we not? We did. Because he doesn't know his personnel and he can't tell exactly what he has with the offensive line. And I'm still ready to give them the benefit of the doubt. Going into season two, but you can't say we're not going to talk about last season. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Are we getting, are we getting chippy already because we're questioning this? That, that, that's, that's what I have a problem. I got a real problem. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. 
Whether you're a long-time patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, CureLeaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at CureLeaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Uh, A couple comments from the tech subscribers. I said I'd get to a couple of them. One uh, subscriber, three things he'd fix. (laughs) Running backs running to where they ate, i.e. making a cutback. There's validity there. Less small ball, more down the field throwing. (laughs) More aggressive offensive line play. We need much more anger. I kind of like this guy or girl. I think he means running to daylight. Running to where the defenders aren't. Is that what he well, means? Well, James always referenced, you know, if there's a guy in the hole, either make him miss, run over, you know, run over him, cut. Yeah, that's what he's, that is essentially what he's saying. You got to have a back that can do it, though. Yeah, that, uh, they had decent backs. They just didn't have any holes. If you're constantly trying to run to daylight, at least these guys didn't get a lot of negative carries. But how long has it been with these crappy offensive lines where they don't have any holes to run to? Uh, a lot of the yards that Saquon Barkley got, you remember how n- many negative, he had a lot of negative plays simply because the moment he got the ball, he's, he's got to, he's got to run immediately to daylight, which probably has nothing to do with the prescribed hole at all. And sometimes he tried to do too much. Uh, some people have argued that he's still doing it with the Giants simply because he had PTSD with that <laughs> bad offensive line at Penn State, which he had for a couple of years, pretty much. And this has gone on and on and on. How about just having decent holes where guys can – do you remember Tank Bigsby? We were talking about – Yeah. Brett and I were talking about this stat, running stats with with on first down running plays. And if you remember, that Auburn team, one the one thing they did well, and they had no threat of a passing attack whatsoever, but those guys were getting four, five, six yards every – first down or every running running play second and short second and mid they they were they were churning out first downs that isn't really the way a lot of people play these days but it sure is nice to have if you have an offensive line that can just get your back a crevice he hits the hole and you get four or five yards that sets up a good play on second and and medium and they never had that they never had the advantage of that so in a way I kind of empathize with with Yursich and that he didn't have a lot to work with on second and third downs and a lot of these a lot of these situations and and if you if you know that you can't have a running game that really you can depend on you start this it's like players who start doing too much trying to do too much because they don't trust their teammates well this is a coordinator that doesn't trust his offensive line and then you get into all sorts of trouble it's the same kind of thing Dave, here's another one. Uh, this is this is going to sound familiar. Do all the quarterbacks have an equal opportunity to guide us this year? That's a question. The answer is no. I didn't interpret Franklin's answers to that question quite as severely as you did. Uh, refresh people's minds from three weeks ago or whenever that was. The question you, you know, essentially, what's going to happen the first time Sean Clifford throws a bad pass after the last couple of years? He's probably going to get booed. Is that is that justified? How do you deal with that internally, externally, and maybe the expectations that you got two really talented quarterbacks in the room that are true freshmen that are going to be eligible to play this spring? How does that all balance out? Is is it even possible for one of those guys 
to emerge from the job uh, or, or close to it by the end of spring. Yeah, I think he, I think he used the phrase, is it realistic? And Franklin came back and said, realistic, probably not. Well, you know, you don't want to get the, I, I don't want to ever get down on college kids and ever criticize them too much because they have, even in the age of NIL, they basically still don't have that much power. They can transfer, they can, they can enter the portal, but they're just going to run into another situation where decisions, a lot of the decisions are made for them. It's still a coach's game, not a player's game. But I think Penn State would be in a better situation if the young quarterbacks were on their own and either, uh, you know, Veyu or Al or, or somebody had to start this year. You could have maybe a more enjoyable tour to six and six or seven and five or whatever this this team is going to be rather than, than what we might have with Sean Clifford, because it's going to be, it's going to be a constant subject. If Clifford doesn't come out like gangbusters and play great, it's going to be a constant question, but he came back and he set himself up for it. So there's that too. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And I can't hop into Franklin's mind to, to know whether he's realistically going to give these guys a chance early on. I always go go back to the situations with Joe Paterno and and young Seneca, <laughs> Matt Seneca, who who he played for an entire month in 20, 2001 before Zach Mills got a shot. I think we could be headed for something like that. Dave, one more from the uh, subscribers. The offensive. I'm paraphrasing. The offensive line is not good. What can they do to improve it? Why not more transfer portal guys, Dave? Why not more? Now they do have one coming in August, but could very likely be a starter on the offensive line. The kid from, I think he's from Cornell. You know, one of the top rated guys available in the transfer portal. Another Ivy League guy. I think this guy looks a lot meaner though than Eric uh, Wilson ever did, and I think this guy might be a little bit more nasty. We'll see. At, at some point, look, it has to come from reputation. Where do great wideouts want to go if they transfer? They want to go to someplace like Ohio State or Alabama. Where do great offensive linemen want to transfer if they get better? Well, it's not going to be Penn State because they have no reputation. You know, maybe if they had Mike Munchak as the coach years and years ago when he was up for the job, uh, you know, he was up for the job when O'Brien got it and basically would have had the job but but had to back out at the last minute because Tennessee uh, stayed in the uh, – when he was head coach of the Titans, they stayed in the playoff race against all odds until through weeks, uh, week 17 and he – finally had to crap or get off the pot or he could have been the coach all along. And then if that happens, they maybe Penn state becomes known as offensive line. You in the same way as Wisconsin, would they not have, you know, but you have to have a reputation somewhere entrenched before any really good offensive lineman. These guys are not just transferring to go to a winning football program in college. They want to play in the NFL. So, so what are you doing if you're transferring? You're looking for a place where someone can teach you to make money in the league. Has Penn State had anyone on as an offensive line coach who's been able to pull that off? Herb Hand, maybe? Who coached that 94 offensive line? <laughs> that, that was Craig Service. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, other than, other than that, those couple of years, though, like you just didn't really – Maybe you have to go back to, you know, some of those teams that Joe had in the early 80s, the late 70s, mid 70s. But 
they're just not really known for you, it. You have to have a reputation at this point. This is a different age than back then because the, the kids, the one great thing that kids do have is freedom. That is their power. They, they have the power to make NIL money, but, but as far as power against the coaches, they have the power to transfer out. If you're going to transfer, you're not going to go to a place that isn't – and you're often an offensive lineman. You're not going to go to a place that's known for crappy running games. Why would you? The horse has to come before the cart here. And I don't know what you can do if, if to the, the reader's question until you build somewhat of a reputation – that you're going to be devoted to the running game and you're going to do it until it works. Penn State has not done that. So I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. As Mike Crane would say, what do you want me to tell you, Bob? <laughs> it is what it is. I think, Dave, uh, I think if by like November of 2022, if that chart you just had has a lot of like fire red engine colors coatings uh, for the 2022 season with like a month to go, I, I think it's just not going to be a fun time to be a member of that coaching staff or a member of that fan base because it's just not – you can't have another – you just cannot have another year like that again. Yeah, at some point you've got to coach up uh, guys that maybe you would not have chosen to have on an offensive line. And this would be the year, man, because you've got you, – you, you don't know what you have with the wide receiver position with, with Dotson gone. You don't even know what you have in, in a lot of the defense. You've got a new coordinator – you could really use a dependable running game just to shorten games and keep you in it and give you a chance to win at the end. This would be the year for that. Plus, James did retain all of his offensive assistant coaches, so that's another thing to keep in mind. After last year, no one got the axe. Not <laughs> no one. What, what are you advocating that? What are you saying, I'm, not, Bob? I'm just saying we just looked at the we looked at the code red code there that was all you know avoid red at all costs, and it was just. It was just all red. So if you bring the coaching staff back and it does not get better, something's got to give. You cannot. You just. What are you implying, Bob? Woody Hayes would have gone like this. He would have said, well, do you have something to say, Bob? Go, come ahead, Bob. Come ahead. I would do my best Jim Harbaugh to you and say, Woody Hayes never said that. (laughs) What's your deal? I think it's going to be a really fascinating year, even if it looks a lot like seven or eight wins or six wins, just because of if it looks like Groundhog Day, it's not it's not it's not going to go down well, man. It will not. We're jumping ahead here because it's April and we don't know. And we're not going to know. We're not going to know after uh, very frankly, not going to know much after what is it? I'm sorry. April 17th. What What is Blue White game? Blue White is uh, it is April 23rd. 23rd. Sorry. Okay. So yeah, you're right. It's it's but this is it's speculation season. I don't think Coach Yersich helped himself by by kind of handling himself the way that he did at that news conference, but it just, that was his choice. He made his choice. He can handle himself however he likes. I just don't think he did himself any favors. Yeah, I know. I don't care. I don't mind. I don't mind. He can handle himself however he likes. The facts speak for themselves and that's all that's gonna matter. I feel like at Media Day, when you get a chance to cook get a chance to talk to him, I think you might ask him about 2021. <laughs> I would almost guarantee you will. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you compare? You're going to dangle the carrot, man. You're going to dangle it. How do you honestly compare what you're going to do the next season without, without referring back to last season? <laughs> Isn't that what it's about? <laughs> and, and he changes? I mean, I, come on, man. I mean, it's really, really. 
Um, did you watch any of the tournament? Who'd you bet on? Uh, you know what? I, I did. I did roll out early in the tournament. I, you know what, Dave? I did. I bet a little on like the gambling websites, websites but uh, I did not. I didn't have any loot left. But I did think from about the not necessarily a sweet sixteen, but the from the final eight on. Had I still been in the tournament, I thought the games were very gettable, especially both Saturday games. I felt good about and North Carolina. I thought, even though they didn't win, they covered, and I I thought they were the bet last night. And I know that, but that that's twice in like what fourteen years that Kansas has kind of really really gotten up off the deck in a final to win a game because they Memphis had them in all kinds of deep water. I think in '08 with Derrick Rose, different kind of game, but. You just couldn't see Kansas winning about halfway or whatever it was, you know, 60% of the way through the game. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what Self said apparently at halftime. It's about the only thing he said because McCormick, the big center, was the one who pretty much bucked everyone up. He was smiling, walking around to the, uh, the locker room, and everyone's saying, what are you smiling about, man? We're down 15. Bill Self only said, which would you rather have? Would you rather be down 15 at halftime or by nine with two minutes to go? which was their situation before uh, in the Memphis game uh, before Mario Chalmers hit the big shot to tie it. And they all said, well, yeah, 15 with 20 minutes to go. He goes, okay, we can do this. And lo and behold, uh, they had the, that. So you felt good about the Saturday games, right? I did. And I, you know what? Honestly, I thought Carolina played their ass off this whole tournament. I mean, if you look at their entire body of work, it's a shame it's a shame they could not close this deal because this would have been a really, really, as an eight seed, I think they were, took it to some pretty good teams considering. I kept, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, especially because of Caleb Rose because he just does crazy things off the reservation sometimes. I kept waiting for a couple of those guys to to kind of shoo them out of it, shoot them out of it, and they never did, man. They They never did. Uh, they all became much better players the last three or four weeks than they were before that. Because if you watch them in January, they, when they were like 12 and six, they weren't even a good 12 and six. Their only decent wins were over Virginia Tech. And I know teams progress over time. Uh, Caleb Rose made himself a lot of money. Baycott certainly did with really, really gutsy performance on one ankle. And that'll make him some, some, cap some capital with NBA player personnel guys. So th- that was interesting. RJ Davis started playing as out of his mind in the tournament. I kept waiting for that to end. I actually thought it could end with Villanova, but man, when they, they lost losing more was too much, way, way too much for them. And of course you had to laugh at me. Was it later that well, night? I did, did kind of get you on record with your picks last week. And I just was, I was just a little, little reminder, little reminder. But uh, yeah. Why do you have to do that? You don't have to do that. You're not a nice guy. People think you're this. What I like about you is if you're going to, because I feel like whatever you are right, you let the world know you're right. So when you're wrong, I have to be there to be the counterbalance in your life just so you don't get a big head. (laughs) It's true. I can't deny that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Dave. I know. Um, Hey, listen, I am uh, I'm off to the Masters tomorrow morning. Tiger's playing. I'm going to see him play Thursday morning. I, I have tickets for the first round with my buddies, uh, but it's a little bit of a long drive Wednesday, so I'm 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 shipping off like around seven a.m. or six thirty. Going to see if, and I'm going to be down there for a couple of days. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you behave yourself. That's all I be. I, I hope. <laughs>
all relative, Dave. It's all relative. It's is, all are, relative. You gonna, are you going to are you going to hang out with Vern Lundquist and start drinking screwdrivers? <laughs> I will be with Vern Lundquist and Pat Summerall. Some no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm just excited to go to uh, Augusta. It was my only shot. I think I was ever going to get and. The people that I'm going to go down there with, I, I a lot, they're all Harrisburg guys, and and they really, uh, I would say, kindred spirit. I'm anticipating a TikTok video with Ben Wright or somebody, you know, and up against a bar someplace, and, and one of these. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if you get a photo. It's uh, it'll be 100 percent accurate if if it it's it will not be doctored. Kaiser has arrived. It's time. He's, he's he needs his walk, so I gotta. He go. won't even look at you right now. He will well, not he's look looking. at you. That's all he does is look at me like that. All right, take care. Talk to you guys next week. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live.